God has gone forth before thee, thee to smite the host of the Philistines. First Chronicles chapter number 14, verse beginning at verse number 8. And let us pray. Gracious God of Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for allowing us to stand before your people. Now, Father God, we pray in the name of Jesus that you allow me to decrease and let your spirit increase within me, Father. We pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus that the teacher, who is the Holy Ghost, that he will come and he will speak to us, Lord God, and he will reveal to us, God, the things that we need to know. And, Father, we thank you for it now. God, we bind up every enemy. We bind up the adversary right now. And we send him back to the pits of hell from whence he cometh. And, Lord God, we thank you. We praise you, God. For, God, we have victory over the enemy. This we ask in your son Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. First Chronicles chapter number 14. And we want to use as a topic us. Uh, Slaying the giant. Slaying the giant. Uh, we're getting ready. We're a few days away from leaving the year of 2014. When you count the numbers, I think you will get the number 7. 2 plus 0 plus 1 plus 4 will give you number 7, which means complete. The number 7 is complete. But we're also entering to a new year, which is 2015. And when you count the numbers there, you get 2 plus 1, which is 3, and 3 plus 5 is 8, which is a new beginning, which is a new season. So God says, before your new season began, a few days, of, a few days from now, expect to see the enemy <laughs> to show up. Expect him. But there's something that we have to make sure that we do not take into our new season. And that awesome giants that we have within us. Amen. And God's going to reveal the giants that we have. Not the external giants, but we're talking about these internal giants that we have within us. So we've got to do some slaughtering. We've got to do some killing. There's got to be some, some bloodshed, but there's got to be some bloodshed uh, before the new year comes uh, in regards to some giants that lies within us. Amen. So whatever we're going to slaughter is this cough that I have. Amen. Amen. We're going to slaughter it. Amen. Amen. Because we know that the enemy is trying his best. But if I can, uh, as the word says, enter in heaven with one hand or one arm or one leg, long as I can get into the kingdom. That's, that's all that matters. Amen. So let's look at verse number 8 in First Chronicles chapter number 14. Verse 8. There's some things here we have to, to look at and decipher some things. Verse 8 says, And when the Philistines now heard that David was anointed king over all of Israel, all of the Philistines went up to seek David. And David heard of it, and he went out against him. So first of all, let's do some identification. Now, the word Philistine uh, in the Hebrew means immigrants. Now, when you talk about an immigrant, you're talking about somebody that does not have legal rights. They don't have legal rights. Uh, um, and they're without legal rights. And they don't have a permanent home, but they're seeking residence. Okay? And their whole purpose is to uh, uh, find residence in you. And see, the Philistines 
or the Philistines represents our flesh. Our flesh desires. They are the eaters of the nutrients. And we're gonna, we'll see what God is saying here. Because see, first thing that happens that it says when David, when, when, when they had heard that David was anointed king. When they heard he was anointed. Now, the word David there means beloved. When the enemy hears that something in your life has changed, the enemy is going to show up at your doorstep. He's going to show up. Now, what is it about this word beloved? What is it about this word beloved that God is trying to reveal about the word David? Now, let's go to Matthew's chapter number 3. St. Matthew's chapter number 3. And we're going to look at verse number we're going to begin reading at verse number 16 because we're talking about this word beloved beloved see you are the beloved of god amen so matthew chapter number three verse number 16 says and jesus when he was baptized meaning overwhelmed in grace he went up straightway out of the water and lo the heavens were opened unto him when we become the beloved of the image of God, then heavens open up to us. Amen? See, spiritually, you, you have to know that heaven opens up to you when there's a change of vineyard. Amen? So it says, straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. What he sees is the anointing. Verse 17 says, And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my what? Beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. The enemy is going to show up in the next few days when he sees and, and recognizes that now you have taken on the image of the Father. Whenever we change vineyards, whenever... Whenever our life changes and our lifestyle changes, and the enemy, make, make note of this, the enemy knows when your life has changed. That's when he shows up. Because now you, you are like the Father. You're like Jesus. The heavens has opened up to you, and you're the beloved. Because now you have taken on the image of the Father. So what do the Philistines do? What do our flesh do? It will show up at your door. Right before your, your new season, right before you enter into 2015, the enemy is going to show up at your door and my door. Amen. But we've got to be able to discern and know what we need to do when we see the enemy showing up. Amen. Because there's got to be some slaughtering going on. Amen. It's not an external enemy. It's the enemy within. So let's go a little bit further about this beloved and about this image. Because see, he recognizes, he sees when you begin to change. Satan knows when you begin to change and you no longer are the old person that have that old nature. He knows when you've taken on that new nature. He knows when you're getting closer and closer to God. But you've got to slay some giants. Amen. Now let's look at Psalms chapter number 17. Psalms chapter number 17. Psalms chapter number 17. And this is something we have to recognize all the time. Amen. Psalms chapter number 17. 
once he sees that we, we are now reflecting the image of Christ, then he shows up. Now, Psalms chapter number 17, verse number 15. Verse number 15. The, the prior verse, I'm going to read the prior verse. The prior verse, verse 14 says, For from men which are thy hand, O Lord, from men of the world, which have their portion in this life, they have their portion in this life, and whose belly thou fillest with thy hid treasures. God has filled their belly uh, with his treasures, but the fact remains is they've got their portion in this life. In other words, some folk get it now, but they won't get it on the other side. <laughs> so so they, they, they're getting theirs now. Then the Bible goes on to say, they are full of children and leave the rest of their substance to their babes. Now, this is the part that most people don't even think about or not, uh, uh, is not accustomed to desiring. But verse 15 says, as for me. Somebody say, as for me. As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when? When will we be satisfied? When I awake with what? With thy likeness. You see, we should never be satisfied until we become the image of Christ or come into the likeness of Christ. So that means it's an everyday process. Because he says, when I awake, uh, then he says, uh, he's not going to be satisfied until he becomes like the likeness of God. So remember now, the enemy, the closer you get to God, the closer you rely on God, the more he's going to try to come and trick you before this year is out. Amen. Now, I'm going to say this. Some folk go here, and some folk not go here. But nevertheless, the word has already gone out. And so what happens when the word already goes out, then it's on the hearers. Amen. It's not the one that bears or releases the word. See, now we all got the word. Amen. They're letting us know that the enemy is going to try us. He's going to try us before this year is out. He's going to try us. But we got to kill some giants. And it's not that external enemy. It's the enemy that's on the inside. Now, let's look at something else. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. We have just maybe one other scripture we're going to go to. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. We're talking about the image, the likeness, the likeness, the image and the likeness. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. 1 Corinthians chapter Number 15. Are we there? First Corinthians chapter number 15. Now, looking at verse number 45. Remember now, now the enemy, he sees that your, your, your likeness is changing. You're looking more and more like God. Not only does the enemy have to know that, but you've got to know that too. If you do not know that you're, you're, you're reflecting or your image is more and more like God every morning that you awake, that means you've shed something, then you'll be easily deceived. Amen. So you won't be able to kill those giants when they show up in our life. Amen. You won't even be able to recognize them. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, verse number 45. It says, and so it is written. This is how we know which image we're reflecting. The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. That word soul, that he's had a mind, will, and emotion. The first Adam had that. Okay. Now, it says, the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. In other words, that word quickening, that means, was mean to, to make alive. 
But then God takes it a little bit further. He said, when we become in the likeness and the image of him, and we become more spiritual than fleshly, we begin to transcend. We begin to transcend. In other words, there are no limitations to the, the things that we can ask God. Why? Because the heavens is open. <laughs> I mean, so we're transcending. And then there are no boundaries with spirit. Well, when you're operating in the spirit, there are no boundaries. That's why in praise and in worship, you can be in the midst of a whole lot of folk. And you can take off, you can transcend and be right there among the angels. Because you're operating in the, in the realm of the spirit. So we've got to understand this is how we've got to learn to operate now. We've got to operate in the spirit and then uh, operate less in the flesh. Now, watch what the Bible says about the flesh man or the earthly man as well as the spirit man. Now, look at verse number 47 in the same chapter. Verse 47 says, the first man is of the well of the earth. Hmm. He's earthly. The second man is the Lord from heaven. Now, that earthly means the first, the first man is made up out of rubbish, dust. Dust is nothing but rubbish, okay? It's just, so, so the first, we don't want to be like the first man. Because you know, when it comes down to that dust, we can easily, you know how dust is, you can easily blow it away. You know how it is sometimes when you get some, this is good, because most of us have this. Dust on furniture in your house. <laughs> I, I saw some laughter. <laughs> I saw some folks. <laughs> they caught that when they man. If I had one said dust outside on the ground, we, we wouldn't have got that. But we, we can recognize the fact when we get that dust on the furniture in the house, sometimes you can blow it and that dust will dis dissipate. So, so God don't want us to be that way. Because, see, that means the enemy can just blow on us. And then, you know, uh, next thing we know, we have lost our way. Amen. So we don't want to bear the image of the earthly, but we want to bear the image of the second Adam, who is Jesus. Now, verse 48 says, As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, and are they also that are heavenly. In other words, whatever image you are bearing, that's the one you're going to reflect. You're going to either reflect the world, or you're going to reflect the kingdom. Amen. That's true. That's the world way, and that's the king's way. Now, verse 49 says, And as we have borne, watch this, And as we have borne the image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. So we'll be able to bear both. See, see, see when you transcend, when, you, when your life changes, and when you become more and more like him, what happens is now you become more heavenly looking, that's why when people can look at you and see you say, hey, something changed about you. That's because you now you're bearing that, that heavenly image. You know, you, you know how it is when, when we, we, we're falling away from God and we get kind of ashy. You know, you, have you ever noticed that? You know, when you're not as close to God, we get kind of ashy. Y'all you, you, know how it is. You know, in other words, the glow is gone. The, the glow is gone. And we think nobody knows but us. But if anybody got the Spirit of God, they'll know that your glory is gone. Amen. So, so we will get shined up real good. Amen. Because we're ready to go in battle. They're going in battle. Now, let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back to, to first, first Chronicles. Let's go back to First Chronicles. Let's go back to First Chronicles. Let's go back to First Chronicles. But see, now we, we've seen that, that, that the enemy, he shows up. He shows up when we take on the reflection of the image of God. But he also, the word also says this. And when the Philistines heard that David was 
anointed. <laughs> we heard that David was anointed. When the anointing comes back on your life, when the anointing shows up on you, then the enemy shows up again. See, when you break down that word and you reverse it, the word anointed also means Christ. Christ means the anointed one. Now you have become the anointed one. You, you've taken on the image of Christ. So he shows up when you begin to look like Jesus. You begin to look like the Father. He shows up, when, and then the next thing he shows up when it talks about you've been anointed as king. When we, when we determine and understand huh, that we have taken our rightful place, now, Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verses, I think verse number 6, it says, uh, uh, even when we were uh, um, dead in sin, God has quickened us together with Christ. By grace are we saved. Then it goes on to say in verse number 6, and he has raised us up together and made us set together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So what that verse there is saying in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 5 and 6 is that we have found our position again. When we've discovered that we are seated in heavenly places. See, most folk don't know where their seat is. Most The body of Christ has no idea where their seat is. See, we've been seated in heavenly places. Heavenly places is far above, far above principalities. So once he, Satan discovers that you know where your position is. Once he discovers that you know, not everybody else know, that you know that you have been positioned with Christ in heavenly places. And there's no weapon formed against you will prosper. So, so what happens here, then the enemy shows up again. He, he, he's, he's, he's watching you. He's watching you. He's watching you. He's watching you being elevated. He's watching you being transcended. He, he's watching you taking on your role of kingship, priesthood. And he's like, I've got to do something about this. Because, see, if you ever make it to your next season, he knows he can't do nothing. But right now he's going to try to stop you before you enter into your new season. I'm going to tell you, that next, that next season, everybody's not going to not have. Next season coming up, 2015, going to be a great year for some folks. Amen. I, I'm claiming one of it myself. Amen. Don't care about what happens out there in the world because, see, the, the world is not my father. <laughs> my father owns the cows on a thousand hills. Amen. You know, he blesses me according to his riches. Got nothing to do with the economy. But he blesses me according to his riches. So I'm going to have a good year. Amen. Amen. I'm going to have a good year. Now, y'all claim what you're going to claim. But as for Brenda, and what does, what does, what does uh, the summer say? As for me and my house, huh, now we're going to praise the Lord, but we're going to receive the blessings of the Lord. Amen. 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 you got to speak for yourself. you got to know for yourself. Amen. Because, see, when you don't know, when, when, when you don't know, that's when the enemy can trick you up. See, you got to know where your seat is. you got to know you are seated in heavenly places. With, with King Jesus. You're not seated there by yourself. you got an intercessor right there with you all the time. You're right there in heavenly places. God, know where your position is. Amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Now watch what else happens here. Now, David hears. He hears. Now look at verse number 9. It says, And the Philistines, they came and they spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. Now, now, the 
It says they spread themselves in the valley. Now, the valley represents two things. First of all, the valley is where your breakthrough is. So where does the enemy position himself first? It's right there at your breakthrough. Right there at your breakthrough. That's where he positions himself first. Okay? Right there in the valley. And not only that, um, it also represents the, your nutrients. You see, the flesh or the Philistines are eaters of your nutrients. Those things that make you grow. See, that's what the flesh eats up. It eats up those things that make you grow. And what makes you grow is those things that are spiritual. So that's what his diet is. So, so right there at, at your breakthrough, he, he's right there before you get to that breakthrough. Then it goes on and say, and he goes on and says, in the valley of Rephaim. 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 You know what that word means, Rephaim? A place of rest. So what is he going to do? Not only rob you of the nutrients, but he's going to he's gonna try to rob you of your rest and your peace. Anybody God has given some peace of mind right now? Huh. Well, I'm going to tell you, the enemy right now, he's, he's trying to figure out a way. He's got a strategy. He's trying to rob you of your rest, your peace. So, so what happened now, God is warning us. He, he's showing us the, thank you, Holy Spirit. He is showing us the strategy of the enemy. He wants your rest. He wants your peace. He wants to rob you of the nutrients that you have on the inside of you. Those things that make you grow spiritually. In other words, that makes you a giant in the kingdom. That makes you a giant in the kingdom. Amen. So, so th th that's what he wants to do. Now, let's look at verse number 10. Now, this is how we've got to handle when we recognize what the enemy is trying to do. First thing is verse number 10. This is what we do. This is what, when, we, when we become the beloved, that's why we have to consult God in all things. There is nothing on this earth I want to try to do by myself apart from God. And the reason why I will mess it up, I'm talking about Brendan. Now, maybe y'all ain't never messed up nothing. But Brendan will mess up some stuff. You hear me? Brendan will mess up some stuff. Okay? Now, but what, 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 watch what the word says. Verse number 10 says, And David, the beloved, because now we're in the image. Whenever we're in the image of Christ, he inquired of God. In other words, he asked of God. He, he saw the enemy, so he asked about God, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Or uh, then he says, and will thou deliver them into my hand? Sometimes we don't wait around for the answer. Don't catch that. Sometimes we don't wait for the answer. The first thing to do is to we, oh God, should I? Well, if God takes more than 20 seconds, <laughs> if he takes more than 20 seconds answering, we, we, we're off to the races. Amen. <laughs> but see here, not only do you inquire of God, but you got to wait for the answer. See, the answer is not going to come when you want it to come. Because, see, we are creatures of habit. We're always in a hurry. Always in a hurry. Always. No matter when we rise up, we're in a hurry. We, we, we get up out of the bed with things on our mind we got to do. Before we even thank God. Okay. We won't go there. Okay. All right. So get the word on that answer. Get the word on that answer. And he asked a question. And will thou deliver them into mine hand? And the Lord said unto him, Go up, for I will deliver them into thine hand. You've got to know you've got to pick your battle. And you know what? You don't want to go to battle without God. You don't want to go to battle without God. 
Because if you go to battle without God, then you, you're going to be the one on off. You're going to be the slave one. So you got to make sure, you got to make very sure that you hear the voice of God. And right now, we've got too many voices in our, in our mind, too many voices speaking. We've got to be able to hear the voice of God. Got to be able to hear the voice of God because we've got to slay some things. Got to slay some things, okay? Got some giants in us now. We've got to slay some things. Now let's look at verse number 11. Verse 11 says, So they came up to Baal Persim. Now, watch this. This is going to be very familiar. Sometimes we think that the word is way yesterday. No, no, no. No, it's not. Now, the meaning of the word Baal means God, which is an idol God. Now, Persian means division. So they came up to the God of division, and David smote them there. God of division. Where did the first place they go in the battle at? At the place of division. The place of division. Not only the vision out there, but the vision in here. See, there's an internal division that we have on the inside as well. Because, see, the Bible says the flesh and the spirit wars. So th there's a division here. But when we look outside also the world, there's a vision out, th out there too. So God says the first place that you deal with the enemy on, and, uh, on the turf is, he's all about the vision. You know how it is. You, Holy Spirit, do you want me to go? You know how it is in church. Can I, can I use the church? I'm not using the kingdom, but I'm using the church. You got a, you got a, a group over here, a clique. That's, that's what they call them, clique. We don't have those in the house of destiny. You know, we don't have cliques. Everybody's important. I don't care how much money you have and how much money you don't have. Everybody's a, a, somebody in the kingdom. You know, don't matter what kind of clothes you put on, what kind of clothes you don't wear. Whether you wear a pair of blue jeans, whether you wear a three-piece suit, it does not matter in the house of destiny. There are no cliques here. No, no. Why? Because cliques brings about what? Division. Have you ever seen a divided church? One thing this way. I think it ought to be this way. You got this little group over here. I think it ought to be. No, that's division. So God said the first thing we want to attack is division. Bring it on home. Check out your house. He said the first thing you want to attack is the division that's in this house and your house you live in. Because you can't fix nobody else's house until you fix your own house. So there's a division going on on the inside. And usually when there's a division going on on the inside, that's what's manifested on the outside. If you wonder why in the world my house is away, you better check out you. Maybe I need to say that again. If your house, your physical house, is uh, uh, in chaos, thank you, Holy Spirit. If it's in chaos, who brought the chaos? You brought the chaos. Don't look at your spouse. Don't look at your husband. Don't look at your children. Don't even look at the devil. Just look at you. Because you got some stuff in you that's helping bring about the division. And God will show us that too. Because see, some of us, well, I ain't, I don't do that well. You're going to be found in the scripture. And you know what? 
This is the unadulterated word of God right here. It's, it's, it's right here. So you got to start right there with you. See, see that there's a division here. He said, he said the first place you got to go, you got to attack that division that's within the house. Take it first in you, then clean up your house. So he, your Holy Spirit. Then the Bible goes on and says, uh, uh, Then David said, God has broken in upon mine enemies by mine hand, like the breaking forth of waters. Therefore they call that place the God of the vision. In other words, they tore that place down. They dealt with that place. You see, the enemy, I hear your Holy Spirit. He said, Before this year is out, the enemy going to come with division in the house. He's going to come with division. He's he going to come with division. But you know what? You already got the word. You already got the word. How the hell in it? He says, what you do is you inquire of God and wait till God give you an answer tell you how to handle it. Don't go doing it on your own. He said, but division is common. But the thing is, you got to know what to do when division shows up. You got to recognize that spirit. And you got to recognize first that spirit came up out of you. Right, but it's right in. Mm. Amen. Watch this. Watch, watch the word. Watch the word. You have to be able to set them. Because one thing the enemy knows, the enemy knows this. A house divided cannot do what? Stand. So if you divided in here, <laughs> one day I'm for God, next minute I'm for the world. What is that? Division. We divided. And then you got your house. Some folks won't be in church. Some don't. Kids won't do what they want to. Now, wait a minute. Who putting the food on the table? Who put? Who paying the rent? Who, who putting shelter over their head? See, that, that's, that, that, that's a lot of things that's wrong when it comes down not only to the world but to the body of Christ. Why do you think we got such a mess out here in the world? Because now we have a lot of children ruling. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. See, there's two places of, rule, of, rule, of rulership. There's one in the physical house, and then come up the day with the spiritual house. See, we got to understand something. If we're messed up on the physical, that means somewhere we're messed up in the spiritual house too. Because you know who rules in the spiritual house? Not you, but the King of Kings and the Lords of Lords. See, that's who rules the King of Kings and the Lords of Lords. In other words, we got to go by what he said. It's not compromise. No, that's what's wrong with the world today. It's compromise. Woo, help us, Holy Spirit. Help us, Holy Spirit. Now, now, what? watch what happens. Watch what happens here. He, he, he talks about, uh, uh, in verse number 12, he says, And when they had left their what? Gods. They, those are some of them idol gods. They ain't talking about Jesus now. They're talking about you put them them idol gods. <laughs> you know, those things that you to put before God. Those things that I put before God. See, you got to leave all those alone. And then he says, And when they had left their gods uh, there, David gave a commandment. Who gives the commandment? The beloved. When you become in the image and the likeness of God, then you can command something. When you come in the image and the likeness of God, then you can command something. See, a lot of times we want to command something that ain't in the image of who we're in the image of. You know, self. You know, self is a God too. I wonder how many folks put self before God this Christmas. Amen. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't mess up. 
Don't want to mess up your new year. Amen. He gives a command now. And this, and this is what the command is. He says uh, that they will burn them, burn those idol gods, burn them with fire. Now, why? Why will we, he wants to burn those things with fire? Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 9. Deuteronomy chapter number 6. He's saying, now when you get that division, out, when you get that division out of your house, within you and out of your house, amen, when you destroy that, then he says, you burn up everything that caused that division. You put it on altar. You put it on altar. Divisions, uh, Deuteronomy chapter number 7. And let's read verse number 5. Talk about burning it up. Because see, if you're not careful, you find yourself right back in the same place. Now verse number 5 says, it says, well, I'm going to read 4 first. 4 says, but they will turn, talking about when you get caught up with the wrong folk. But they will turn away thy son from following me. Mm, oh my God. That they may serve other gods, so will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy them suddenly. Verse 5 says, But thou shalt deal with them. Ye shall destroy their altars, break down their images. You not know Satan will put an image in your mind. He will put an image in Images is about the most difficult thing to get out of your mind. He says, but what the Word of God says in this thing of division, you've got to destroy the, the altar, that thing that's been erected. You've got to destroy the image that, that image that Satan has put in your mind. Then he said, cut down their groves and burn their graven images with fire. In other words, you destroy it till it's no more. See, fire consumes. So in other words, those conditions and those situations, you just won't see some ashes. In other words, you want to see ashes to ashes and dust to dust. In other words, there's no more. Whatever's causing that division within us or the external world, then we've got to consume it with fire. Now look at verse number 25 uh, in the same chapter, in Deuteronomy chapter number 7. Verse number 25, Deuteronomy chapter number 7. It says, the graven images of their God shall be burned with fire. In other words, you can't leave nothing. You cannot hold, a lot of times we want to hold on stuff and say we might need it later. No, no. Not when it's causing us to error. Not when it's causing us to, to move away from God. Here, and it's causing division. He says, the graven images of their God shall ye burn with fire. Thou shall not, des- ooh, watch this. Thou shall not desire the silver or gold that is on them. Do y'all not know those things that our flesh love? Uh, uh, they are uh, lovely. You know, enlightened, you know, silver, gold. You know, they seem to be pure. But it's, it's a, a false purity. It's, it's, a, it's something false. And it says, it says, don't desire that. In other words, don't desire the things of the flesh. That's what he's saying. Because, see, no, you better destroy everything, he says. Everything has to be destroyed. He said, thou shalt not desire the silver or the gold that is on them. The silver or the gold that is on them. Which means it's really a counterfeit. It's just on them. It's not made up of it. It's just on them. It's a counterfeit. He said, watch, watch the key word here. Lest thou be what? Snared therein. For it is an abomination to the Lord thy God. In other words, if you don't kill it all, 
That means you set your, you set your own self up for a trap. Entrapment. You got to let it all go. You got, you got to burn it all up. Anything that causes division. Verse 26 says, Neither shall thou bring an abomination. Oh my God. Neither shall thou bring an abomination into thine house, lest thou be a what? You not know we can bring curse on our own soul. We can bring the curse. This is when we don't destroy the things that God tells us to destroy, it can become a curse to us. Then he goes and says, but thou shalt utterly detest it. See, you got to hate sin. The word detest, that means you got to hate it. You got to hate it. And thou shalt utterly abhor it, for it is a cursed thing. Those things that bring about division within, within us or within our household, God says, all that got to be consumed. All that has to be consumed. Now, let's go back to 1 Chronicles chapter number 14, and we'll, shortly we will be done. Amen. Uh, verse, we're going back to 1 Chronicles chapter number 14, and we're going to begin at verse number 13. Now, you've got to give the commandment to, to destroy all the stuff, right? That's not of God. That's, that's causing our image, a reflection of God to, to be, to be uh, 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 marred. Amen. Now, look at verse 13. And the Philistines, or the Philistines, yet again, what did he say? Yet again spread themselves abroad in the where? Right at, right at your breakthrough. You see, because you won one victory, a one battle, that does not mean he's not going to show up again. So, so right here, he said, okay, the enemy said, okay, you got victory over this, but I'm going to show up at your breakthrough again. I'm going to show up one more time, and I'm going to see if you all got everything what you say you got. He shows up again. He said in verse 13, he said, and the Philistines yet again spread themselves abroad in the valley, right where your nutrients are. You know, right there where your next breakthrough is, that's where the enemy is going to show up. So if anybody got in, had some breakthroughs this year, <laughs> now you got in the, in the end time, in the next few days, you're going to have a major, you got a major breakthrough coming for your life. But you know who's sitting there at the door? <laughs> the enemy. The enemy is sitting right there to make sure you do not reach your next season. And remember now, your next season is a great season. It's up to you. Mindset. Mindset. Great season. Okay. Let me hurry. Let me hurry. Now, watch verse 14. 14 says, Therefore, what does he do again? I inquired again. Listen, because you got the last victory, that don't mean you stop asking God. Because, see, because that's the more reason why you need to ask him. Because your last victory came because of him. Not because you went somewhere by yourself and you got the victory. No, 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 no. You had to inquire of God, and God told you what to do. And without, without him telling us what to do, we, we'll mess up every time. But watch what happens here in verse 14. It says, Therefore David inquired again of God, and God said unto him, Go not up after them. Strategy is changing. God's strategy. The enemy doing the same thing. He's right there at your breakthrough. He didn't change his pattern. Y'all see that? He showed back up at the valley again. The enemy, the enemy don't change. As long as he knows it works, why does he have to change? He is not going to change his plan as long as he sees it working. So but what happens is when he keeps coming back the same way again, now God tells you something that's different. 
Now, right, verse 14 said, Therefore David inquired again of God, and God said unto him, Go not up after them, turn away from them. You got to make the enemy think you, he's, 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 he's got you. He, he, you got to make him think he's in control, but he's not really, because God gave me to set him up. He says, Go not up after them, turn away from them, and come upon them over against the mulberry tree. Now, the mulberry tree. I, I, I took the liberty to, to, to look up and, and try to see what I can learn about that mulberry tree. Now, it says the mulberry tree does not release its buds until after all the frost is gone. In other words, it doesn't put its fruit out there too soon. Because, see, you know, a lot of times, you know, they tell you bring your flowers in because you have a frost spell coming, cold spell coming, and it, and, and, and it, it kills it out. So what, what God says now, I want you to, to do like the mulberry tree. It never releases the fruit until all the, I hear your Holy Spirit, until all the danger is gone. So I said, okay, God, what happens? What are you really saying? He said, this is what you learned from the mulberry tree. They have a calculated patience. The reason why most of us get killed off is because we don't have patience to wait. You see, the mulberry tree got enough sense to know if he releases his fruit too soon, it's going to kill his fruit. That's why a lot of times when, when God tells us something great for our life, we run around and tell everybody. And what happens? We've got some people out there ready to kill your dream. Uh, your fruit is your dream. So because we done told everybody, then the enemy is right there to kill your dream. But he says, be patient. Wake the enemy out. But watch why. Why you going got to have patience? Why you got to wait? What, what, that's what the word says. Verse 15. He says, and it shall be. Here's a promise. When thou shalt hear a sound, what? Going. A sound going in the tops of a mulberry tree. Then thou shalt go out to battle. What are you saying, God? God, I said, now, the top of the mulberry tree. And when you're at that place of patience, God says, when you're in a place of patience, then what you're going to hear, you're going to hear your other help. What's my other help? Them angels march. See, the word going there means march. See, you got, some, you got another army, that you, an unforeseen army that you can't see. They coming to help you. But see, when it says at the top, that means those are heavenly beings. Those are the archangels that's coming to help you in your battle. So, so right here, he is saying, when you hear this, that's why you're going to have patience. Patience to wait and patience to do what? Hear. And what's that word we keep hearing around the house of destiny? He that has your what? Ear has your what? Future. So you got to be patient. So you want to be able to, to hear the angels coming that's going to give you the help. Now, it says in him there at the top, it says, that thou shalt go out for battle, for God is gone forth before thee to smite the host of the Philistines. Okay? God is gone forth. He sent some help, and he's there going to fight the Philistines. Those flesh. Now, here we go. Let's go. Last place. We're going to deal with these giants. Galatians chapter Number five. Galatians chapter number five. Galatians chapter number five. We're going to deal with some, some giants. We're going to deal with some, 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 some giants here that's going to have to be killed. 
Amen. Chapter number five in the book of Galatians. Let's start working with verse number 19. Okay? Now, before we look at anybody else and think we're going to escape, I, I'm here to tell you, we're in the list. You know, you know, they talk about the Hall of Fame, the Hall of Faith. Well, we're in this list. Amen. Amen. We in this, everybody's in this list. All right, verse number 19. It says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Which of these? First thing it says, adultery. It says fornication, uncleanliness, and lasciviousness. Now, when we look at the word adultery, there's, there's two ways. There's a physical sense, and then, the, and then that, there's a spiritual sense, which means there is a falling away from God. The, these are uh, works of the flesh. Okay? They're works of it. Now, now it says fornication, which is an unlawful, unlawful lust, or unlawful uh, uh, restraining from of some type of sexual situation. Unlawful lust. We're not necessarily lust. Whatever you're lusting for, more. In other words, you can lust for so much food, you, you just get yourself sick. So, unlustful, unlustful. Anything that, that you have no, I hear you, Holy Spirit, no restraints. Any, somebody who, you know, don't have restraints on spending money. They're here home. Anyway, we're unrestrained. That's because they think they're in the book. And we are. And, and, and we are. So, that, that, you know, only thing that's going to miss this scripture will probably be if we got a church mouse in the book. <laughs> Amen. So, 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 for we think we, we arrived and we're looking at somebody. No, 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 no. We're talking about killing the giants that we knew. Amen. Amen. Okay. Now, he talks about a, a, a lasciviousness. Well, first he says uncleanliness. Uncleanliness is impurity. It means foul, it means demonic thoughts. Demonic th thoughts, that's not yours, that's intimate and placed in your mind. Then he talks about lasciviousness. Lasciviousness is nothing but filth. It's filth. And the filth comes in many ways. Amen. Filth comes, in, but that's in the book. Amen. So these are works of the flesh. It talks about idolatry. You know, putting anything before God. It talks about witchcraft. Okay? Then it talks about hatred. Hmm, that's a strong word. Talking about hatred. Then it also begins to, to talk about wrath and strife. Hmm. Hmm. Now let's look at some things. It talks about wrath, strife, seditions, and heresies. Now, um, we've got to understand that a lot of times.